You're listening to Confessions of the Creative Kind with Jess Kovic, episode number 63. Welcome to Confessions of the Creative Kind. I'm your host, Jess Kovic, media producer by day, designer, photographer, and creative entrepreneur by later that day. Join me as I stumble through life as an artist pick myself up, and confess everything that I've learned on the way down. Y'all ready for this? Let's do it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. What is up? What is going down? I'll tell you what's going down with me. I cannot stop raving about this tea that I bought from Sprouts, Dandelion Caramel Nut. If you have a Sprouts near you, they don't sponsor this podcast. I don't even remember what the brand is, but this tea is giving me life right now. But you didn't come here to hear me gab on about tea, my milk tea that I love so much. You came here for the creative chit chat, and that's what we're going to be doing today. So last week, I had a virtual recital. That's what I want to share with you today, how that went, how I felt about it, and what I did to prepare. And maybe, maybe we'll sneak in a little audio clip from the recital. Maybe, we'll see. We'll see how I feel about it when I'm editing this podcast. A little follow-up from last week's episode, all about my email marketing that I'm diving into. I talked all about how I was using MailChimp to set up my lead magnet and my email campaigns. I have just, as of yesterday, found a big snag with the free MailChimp campaign, and it's making me rethink everything. No, just rethink what platform I want to use that there's a reason things are free because it doesn't come with all of the things. They want you to pay to get all of the things, and I might have to do that. So the big thing that I found was you can no longer schedule an email to go out to your subscribers at a specific time in the future. It did not used to be this way because I used MailChimp for my Sugar Bunch store and you were able to at least say, I want it to go out, say, Wednesday at six o'clock in the morning, but you couldn't use some other features like what they call time warp and recommended times where they would recommend based on when your people open up emails and when, where people are in time zones that are subscribed to your list. It'll recommend you should send this out at maybe 1052 because that's an optimal time for you. So I knew that those features were not available in the free version, but you used to be able to schedule time. Now you can't schedule any time. You can only set up your one automated email So that I have right now is my welcome email. And that's it. You can just send out just manually. You have to go in, maybe set it up, save it as a draft, and then know the time that you want to send it out to your subscribers. So you'd have to wake up either early or just know that it's going to go out whenever you're ready to send it, when you're in front of your computer, so on and so forth. That doesn't jive with me because the whole point of using this system, using any system, is I want to be able to, you know, when we're able, when it's safe to do so, go travel, be out out of town, be sleeping and set this up so it goes out at the right time and not a time that doesn't work for me because I forgot or I overslept or it's like oh shit on a Sunday night I'm gonna try to send something I'm rethinking MailChimp just thought I would share with you because we're all on this journey together thinking about looking back into Squarespace which I would have to pay for thinking about looking into ConvertKit which I'd have to pay for there is another platform that I've been made aware of called MailerLite but I have a friend that is using it and had some glitches with that too so nothing of value in this world is for free I mean there are but you have to look far and wide certainly not at MailChimp I'm kind of raw at them right now but anywho 
That was last week's topic. The world is still in disarray, always in some way. We are all hopefully doing our part and wearing masks. I said that several times on this podcast, but it can't be overstated, I feel, because there's still people that are not doing that and let's just do the bare minimum. Okay, I won't say it anymore for the rest of this podcast. Next week, I can't guarantee anything. All right, now let's talk about the recital. So last weekend, I did a Zoom recital, a virtual recital, because in this pandemic, we're not having in-person functions that are usually large amounts of people. And the last recital I did with my music teacher, there was, I don't know, something like 30 students, I think. And then all those students come with their their family and their friends. So give or take, you know, one to five people that came with each person. So a lot of people and it's in person. And we just we can't do that right now. And you all know why. We're supposed to have another in-person recital in the springtime. And then obviously everything changed and that was put on hold, kind of waiting and seeing and what was going to happen in the world. And then my teacher decided to go ahead and do a Zoom recital that would be virtual. Was unsure of how that would go because I'd never done it before. It's also still a recital, which is nerve inducing for me. And just it's Zoom. It's, you know, 30 second delay or whatever it is. There's technical difficulties that always seem to happen. So I was curious more than anything about that aspect, how it would play out. But part of me was definitely excited because for a virtual recital, I'm just at home. I am in the comfort of my own home. I am on the piano that I have been practicing with. A lot of times I would trip myself up going into recitals or even going into practice when I would use my teacher's piano. The keys feel different and it's probably all in my head, but I would use it as a way to make myself feel even more uncomfortable playing on something I wasn't used to. So in this Zoom recital, I got to use Jeanette, my my old, old piano that I bought secondhand, is kind of out of tune, but it works. But I at least had that comfort level. Also in a Zoom recital, you're sitting in front of a computer. You're not sitting in front of a crowd of 30 times potentially five people. And that was somewhat comforting to me because I get so nervous and my performance anxiety is raging anytime I perform in front of anybody, especially in a seemingly high stakes performance where these recitals, you work for six months, X amount of months, and then you have a couple songs or whatever you're doing, you've prepared, you've practiced, and then you know the songs and you get to recital day and it feels like do or die. You get this one opportunity, this one chance to do it. And if you mess up, that was the time that everyone's going to look back at those six months and think that you didn't, you didn't get there. You couldn't do it. These are the things that I think in my head that I'm slowly unraveling and is not the truth. So that's what I was thinking. That's what I had in my head going into it. Still nervous because it's a recital, a little excited and curious and maybe feeling like this could be okay. Maybe this is a turning point for me in performing because it's going to be virtual and there'll be less pressure. I don't have to look out and see faces staring back at me while I do the thing or don't do the thing or mess up doing the thing. So that's my mind state going into it. Leading up to the recital, I was planning to do one song where I would sing Can't Help Falling in Love with You. It's a long title by Elvis and play it on the ukulele. Was also planning to do When the Party's Over, just on the piano, no vocals. And I had been working, I started learning When the Party's Over, that's by Billie Eilish. I want to say started it in February. At the time, I was still working on some other music pieces, and that's usually how it goes. We'll start a couple things, we'll see how they feel, see how far we get into it, then we might switch gears, I might get tired or burn out on something, and we introduce something else, kind of balancing it. So I've been working on it since 
since February. And I don't know if that between February and July is a long time to learn a six, eight and a half by 11 page piece of music on the piano for someone that has been practicing or someone has been playing piano for about a couple of years like I have. It feels like an eternity. It feels like I'm so slow. It feels like it took me forever to read the music and it took me forever to finish the song and to get to where I was at. That might be very harsh. That might be accurate. Maybe I should be at a level where I'm learning things in like a month. But, you know, I'm old and I got a life and I go to work and I I don't have all day to practice. And like I said, we were back and forth between things. It feels like a long time to me, but I'm probably giving myself a hard time. And that song on the piano in particular was not finished. I had not learned it all and read all the music of the six pages leading up to it. I think I mentioned this on a podcast, maybe the last podcast, that my teacher had suggested, it was a couple weeks out from their recital, that, oh, why don't we just, we might just like cut the song. Maybe we'll do the verse and then the chorus and then the bridge and then the chorus and then out. And like we missed the second verse or just a modified version because they said, I want you to feel really comfortable and confident and knowing what you know going into the recital. Totally fair, totally makes sense, and I shouldn't use that as a reason to beat myself up about not finishing it. But of course I do, in my head, I did. And just hearing that, it was almost like a challenge to me to just finish it. And it made me feel a little down about the possibility that I would go into a recital and not having finished the song that I spent what felt like a long time to me. So that week after our lesson, I made it my business to break down the song of what I had left I think I had just like two and a half, maybe, maybe two and a half or three staffs. Just, and if you're not familiar with music, that's just kind of lines in music. The, to, so two two to three lines of music that I hadn't learned yet. And the rest of it was still a little shaky, a little slow. So I broke it down. And if you've been listening to this podcast, I previously did an episode on how to practice effectively. I'll link it in the show notes so you can check it out. But I had researched a bunch of tips to help myself and share with you all about how to practice effectively so that you're not just going over the same things and getting frustrated and not progressing. Well, admittedly, I don't do that all the time. I'm, you know, I'm not perfect and I forget all those things and I'm still learning. So yeah, I feel like there's a lot of time where I was not practicing effectively, didn't focus on it, life gets in the way, didn't practice as much as I set out to on a certain week. So that explains the six months or so that it took me to finish this song. But in this week where I was trying to prove to my teacher, to myself, to the world that I'd be able to finish this song, and my goal was, all right, you've got a week before your next lesson to learn this song. And if at that point, we determined that great, I learned it, but let's be really confident and shorten it for this recital. At least I will have finished the song and I can feel good about that. So that was my goal, honestly. And I honestly felt like there'd be a chance that we would decide like, great job, you finished it, but yeah, let's be really confident and shorten it. So I took those lessons that I had researched and taught myself and don't always do in practicing and applied it that week. And I really focused and I probably spent about an hour each night for seven days practicing. And I broke down the measures. So I decided I was going to learn a new one every night. And I broke down the days and the amount that I had left of bars and worked it out that by Thursday, my next lesson was the Friday. By Thursday, I will have learned all all of the song and could go into Friday, the lesson being like, bam, it's done. So in order to prepare and get to that checkpoint, every time I practiced, I would run through the entire song that I knew up to where I knew it seven times. Seven was a number that my teacher had given to me. I don't know if there's any science behind that, why seven is a good 
place to be, but I would run through the whole thing seven times. And then I would focus on the new part that I was learning and I would practice just one note in that new bar. So I would go just maybe five notes before that and I would add that new note with one hand, say the right hand, and I would practice that about 10 times until I felt comfortable. And then I would add another note and then I would add another note. So in theory, four-ish, maybe eight, depending on depending on that bar. So once I got it down and I would add a note, do that about 10 times, add another note with the right hand, do that 10 times. Then I would go back once I did it all with the right hand and felt comfortable with it, I would go back and add the left hand the same way that I started with one note at a time. So I would do the first four notes that I felt comfortable with, with the left hand, and then I would only add the first note of that bar and I would do that 10 times and then I would add 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 until I finished that section and then if I was feeling extra saucy or if I had some extra time I might go through one to three times the entire song up to that point that I just learned that night and god damn it that worked it worked um it reminds me of when I would go to these dance workout classes called groove three they're in Los Angeles and other places in the world, I think now. But the way that they would teach a dance each class is you'd learn a little bit halftime and then you'd learn. And then once the instructor felt like the room got it, they would speed that little section up and you'd do it regular time. And then they would add a little bit more but halftime, and then they would speed that up. And that's how you would end up learning whole routine in one session. So I kind of applied that knowledge. And these are tips that my teacher have been has been telling me this whole time, go slow, go painfully slow. But it takes a while for me anyway, to really retain the information in a way that I am going to use it practically and see in practice how it works and doesn't work. So every night, I would finish a section and then the next day I would finish another section. Some were harder than others and some by the next day when I was onto a new one, I maybe didn't have the yesterday's section down perfectly, but in learning the new section for that day, I would be going over as the starting point what I had learned the previous day. So while I was learning the new thing, the yesterday's thing was getting stronger. And there was a couple of nights where I actually exceeded, maybe it was a more simple measure, maybe I was feeling just really good that night and I was able to get a little further. So by Wednesday, I had gotten through the whole thing. And then that was great and good motivation because on Thursday, I was able to just about 10 times or so go through the whole thing and smooth it out a little bit. By Friday, bam, song was done. Not perfect, a little slow, a little shaky, but my teacher was impressed and said, all right, you're doing the whole song. And then I felt really good and proud of myself and also, oh shit, oh God, I'm doing the whole song. But here we are. Now with Can't Help Falling in Love With You, singing and playing on the ukulele, I'm always the most nervous about singing in front of people because that's, to me, feels more vulnerable. When you hit a note on a piano or any instrument, it's the note. But when you sing a note, that's you, that's your voice. So... It's taken me a really long time to get comfortable singing. I'm still not, but taking a long time to get comfortable singing in front of people. And it's taken me a long time to find my voice and even feel like I know how I would sing. I had gone into previous recitals at a point where I felt like I didn't have it down. Like I didn't feel comfortable 
where I was at with the song and then got to the recital and felt all that much worse because I just, I never felt like I got there before then. For like a piano piece, I knew that I knew the song going into it. So whatever nerves crept up, it would be just that nerves, not that I didn't know the song. With singing, I haven't really felt like I nailed it before the recital. So with Can't Help Falling in Love with You, I don't want to say it's a simple song, but like vocally, we had a really straightforward approach. Taking off all the frills and like things that I would try to do with my voice unconsciously to either sound like things I have heard before or dodging, wanting to reach for different notes. So this was just a straightforward, gonna sing the song cleanly, purely. I think we took out a second verse, but it was just repeated. So I didn't feel any type of way about that. But we had been working on that one and on the ukulele for, I want to say like three months and we did other songs off and on. But when I came back to that one and we were going to do it for the recital, the notes on the ukulele, I, I got pretty well. There is a section in the bridge that was fucking hard and I have a brand new callus because it was a bar chord and if you are unfamiliar on the ukulele bar chords you use kind of lay down your whole finger on either all four strings of the ukulele or some of them and it hurts and you have to push really hard and I got a new callus from it so that one was a little shaky and also in this particular song at the bridge was a higher key than the rest of the song so those things together was a little bit of a challenge going into the song. We spent a lot of time practicing singing out. My teacher had me blowing bubbles. This technique that I'm learning is actually kind of helpful for me because you're blowing bubbles with a about an inch of water in a glass and a straw. And I think the idea is that you're warming up your vocal cords and getting used to the blowing motion you're blowing out and bubble blowing bubbles. So it's getting getting your mouth, your voice used to singing out rather than sucking the air back in. And I think that had really helped me and just breaking down this little baby song note by note for several months, I actually felt pretty comfortable and ready. Like I knew what my voice would sound like going into the recital and I knew I had a base of where I wanted to be. So because of that and because I had finished the song and that was a great accomplishment for me a couple weeks before the recital, I think I went into this recital with more confidence than I ever had in a recital before. The other piece of it is obviously that it was virtual and and Zoom, so it's not in person, so we'll never know. But I think that that contributed to me feeling more comfortable as well. So going into the recital, I'm just gonna break down how it went technically in case you're wondering what a Zoom recital looks like. So I had set up my area of my piano. Uh, Jeanette is her name. She's over a hundred years old. I had the choice of using that piano or my weighted keyboard for this recital. I was gonna use the weighted keyboard because Jeanette, my, my old piano, is kind of out of tune. I got it tuned probably a year ago and they told me that it's so old that it would continue to fall out of tune like all the time. So I didn't bother and I was looking to sell it and it's really old. So I thought I'd make some kind of antique profit off of it and haven't yet. And then somehow it kind of acclimated to its environment and sounds kind of okay. It's still out of tune, but it's in tune with with itself. And because I've been working from home and my husband's working from home, the time when I have my lesson, he's still working and a lot of times recording at the time of my lesson. So I have to be in another room. So I've been practicing with Jeanette and I was going to do the weighted keyboard because it would be more in tune for the recital. But my teacher said that Jeanette sounded so good because it's, you know, it's old, it's got characters. So that's where I was. So I put on a nice dress, put on lipstick for the first time in several months because I ain't, ain't going anywhere. I set up that little area. My husband and sister-in-law were 
here at the house. So they were able to watch me in person. And I had a computer set up in front of the piano and it was facing me. And leading up to that day, my teacher had ran me through an exercise in which I visualized all of my nerves, all of that nervous energy, named it, gave it a color and extracted it from my body. And this is all mind mental work, but we pulled it out of my body. We put it to the side and we told it, it's going to be okay. And I know you're nervous, but I'll take care of you. And you're just going to sit right here and I'm going to be right here. And I pet it like a little cat, my nervous little cat that I put to the side that was not going to drive for this recital. So we went through that whole exercise. I did it again the day of the recital, kind of in my head. We practiced affirmations and I really thought about these. These are things, you know, affirmations I've suggested on this podcast before, but I've gone in and out of actually doing it this week that week leading up to the recital, I did it every single day because I was like, I want every single possible thing that's going to make me feel comfortable going into this. So I would repeat things like, I am worthy, I am enough. And it seems silly and like it wouldn't have any impact, but I really think it did. I think it's um, worth a try. So I repeated those affirmations. I took a long hot shower the day of, I stretched, I tried to make myself as stressed free as possible, put on my lipstick, got to the recital, which was in my house. And there was another student ahead of me. Sidebar, normally when I do these recitals, it's all children, maybe one other adult one time, but usually it's just me and a bunch of children. So I was super excited for this Zoom recital because my teacher had separated sections. So I was in the adult section. I cannot express to you how much more comfortable that makes me feel, maybe for silly reasons, but I have just been craving other adults that are starting a new thing in the music, starting to learn to sing, starting an instrument and it being hard and just struggling through being an adult and not having a super malleable child brain and not having all the time in the world to sit and practice because you just have school and summers off versus having a job and all these other life commitments. So I was so thrilled to be in a block of about five other adults that were performing in this recital. There was one other person before me, the teacher would introduce them and everybody sent out the link to their their family, their friends so that people could jump on. And the teacher actually asked people to put their videos on. So I did have a Brady Bunch grid of faces that were watching me perform. And honestly, I tried not to look at it too much while I was performing. So that wouldn't trip me up. So first person went, they were amazing. People clapped with sign language, did the little clap emoji in the Zoom. Everybody else is on mute, you know, while someone's performing. And then it was my turn. Teacher introduces me, says very nice things. I went into it, did the song. I did the singing, can't help falling in love with you and the on the ukulele first. I have to say I I missed the first note and that seems to be a trend with me. Usually when I start something it's shaky and then once I get into it it's better. So I want to work on that. Missed the first note. I by my own judgment nobody told me that. But once I got I think a third of the way into the song, I've kind of found the keys again and it went okay. I didn't die of nervousness. I I fumbled a little bit in on the notes on the ukulele in that bridge area, but it, it went okay. I didn't die. And that was an important lesson, I think, for me to learn. So I felt really good about it. Got very nice com- comments from the people watching. And then I went into the piano portion, the when the party's over, and I didn't mess up. And this was kind of important to me because it was six pages of music that I remembered. It's the longest piece I've ever attempted for a recital. And the last recital, in-person recital I did, 
I played green sleeves on the piano. And during the recital, during the performance, I had a went blank. My brain went blank. And about halfway through the song, I got lost and couldn't finish. And my teacher had to come over and help me. So not that that should make me feel shame in any way, but of course it sucked. And I didn't want to do that again. So it was important that I could at least get through a piece. And I did. I think all the practice, the very structured and focused practice helped a lot. If anything, I can take away from this that I need to be in a place where I feel confident about going into it. If I feel like I don't feel good about a song, I should raise the flag to my teacher and say, I don't feel like I've got this yet. Secondly, structured practice that actually helps me progress and not just doing the same thing over and over and being frustrated that I didn't get it. Essential. Third, Zoom recitals all day. (laughs) Apparently that's the secret to feeling a little bit better about this. We'll see if we end up doing another recital, however long the pandemic takes its sweet time. And, or when I'm doing another in-person, if I feel more confident because it's just, you know, being longer in my journey and my practice, or if that was, it was all the fact that it was virtual. I don't know. I think it all had played into it. And I don't want to discredit myself because, you know, we all have a tendency to do that and say it was just because it was virtual. I did feel really prepared growing, going into it. So I'm going to say that I'm proud of myself. Another recital in the books didn't mess up. You know, I, I got through it. So that's great. I feel like I've finally kind of uncovered my voice. And this is an exciting place to be where I can really start growing and not think about the vulnerability as much. And now that that recital's done, I'm excited to do new songs. This is always a fun place to be because it's the least amount of pressure, the longest amount of time before another recital. So now I just get to kind of play and learn some new stuff and just enjoy the practice and not think about leading up to having to perform in front of anybody. So this is this is a fun time to be in. It's all fun, but this is a particularly less stressful time to be in. So anywho, if you have the opportunity to do a Zoom performance, I would recommend it because it was a little less stressful for me and we've got nothing else in this time. So it might just be the the best thing that we can do to connect with our art and craft. So do you want to hear how I did or do you want to see how I did? Okay, if you go to the show notes for this episode, jesskovic.com forward slash podcast forward slash 63 for this episode's show notes, you will see a brief video of how I did. So let me know what you thought. Be kind. I'm very fragile. And um, let me know if you're a performer or if you're thinking about performing and we can talk through our anxieties together or you can give me tips. That's all I have for today. Everyone, please stay safe, stay well, wear a mask, be kind to each other, and we'll talk next week. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Confessions of the Creative Kind. If you'd like to see more of my work, you can visit my website at jesskovic.com. And if you're interested in snagging some of my design products, you can visit my online art boutique at sugarbunchcreative.com. You can find and connect with me on Twitter or Instagram at Jess underscore Kovic. And finally, if you like what you hear on the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and review in the iTunes store and then tell a friend. Why not? Until next time, take care and talk soon.